We talk about. And the Nusach we have, the Ramah gives us an Imam in Bebuna Shlema. What's the difference between Imuna and Imuna Shlema? I have Imuna. That's good. What's added by saying Imuna Shlema? What would be a non Shalem Imuna? What's that? What, and we, we clarify. We don't just mean Imuna, we mean Imuna Shlema. What does it mean? So, the first point, this is just a background. People use the wrong translation for the word Imuna. Uh, Imuna is always translated as Imam is I believe. But the problem is it has a certain mistaken connotation to it. Because the word believe is used for something which I don't really know. And then if I don't know for sure, so then I can say, I think it's like that, I believe it. And uh, it's used in the context of the opposite of something which I can prove, something I believe, which is a mistake. It's a mistake because that's not what Imuna is. And I'll prove it to you. There are two times that the word Imuna comes in the Torah. And in both of them, it doesn't mean anything like belief. The first time, it's talking about the war that Moshe fought against the Amalek. And Moshe tells Yeshua to go to battle. And Moshe says, I'm going to climb to the top of the mountain. I'm going to raise my hands. And Moshe's hands are upraised, so Clyde was victorious. But it's the whole day, and Moshe's hands get tired. So Aaron and Chur climb the mountain too, and they both hold up one of Moshe's hands. The Pasuk says, and then then his hands were in Muna until the sun went down which well, doesn't mean to believe right? he wasn't even believing anything so, what does, so in the context that's not what Emunah means the other time that the word Emunah comes in the Torah is the description of Hashem we say he called Rach of Mishpat Kel Emunah so it's Hashem is perfect, everything he does is fair. A kelemuna. What does it mean? Also there in the context it doesn't mean to believe. So like I said, the idea that the right translation for the topic emuna is belief is a mistake. What does emuna really mean? So let's start with one more pasuk, this time the Navi Yeshaya. Which will clarify the Yisrael. The Shaya Nabi is talking about a river. And he talks about a river. Its waters are Neemonim. Again, not that you believe in them. What he means is that it's water, it's a river which there will always be water there. You, you, it's like a person wants to plan a trip to Niagara Falls. So I don't think, well, if I go at the wrong time here, you know, maybe I want anything, maybe it'll be dry. I'm, I'm pretty confident. Whenever I go there, there'll be water. As opposed to some small stream in the Golan that if you go at the wrong time of year, it's dry. That's not the name of Nehmanim. The word Nehman means reliable. Nehman is somebody who's reliable. A person is Nehman is a person who's reliable. And the concept of Imuna therefore means I rely. 
or I trust. I'm relying on something. And now, that, let's go back to the Pasuk. When we're talking about Moshe and his hands. So now that Aaron and Chur were holding his hands on both sides, so we say now Moshe's hands were reliable, they stayed up. They weren't going, there was no chance of them falling anymore. His legs were stayed, they were reliable. They stayed up until the end of the day. And it's a completely different topic. Because really the Yisraelis of Imana aren't things which need to rely on belief. Every Yisraelis of Imana, it's not our topic, but we know Imana, every single Yisraelis of Imana is something we can understand and something we can prove. It's something which is logical. We don't have to rely on like, the non-Jewish world belief of something illogical or belief of something which you can't explain but the point the, the first point is the idea the emunah means how much we rely on that once we've proved once we've understood that our Kodesh Baruch was in charge that there is Hashem and He runs the world how much do we rely on Him that's the question of emunah not knowledge reliance and that's what we call our emunah is uh, how much we how much we rely on our Kodesh Baruch and if that's the case, if you wanted to rely on somebody, then there's levels how much you rely on them. For example, if you have a friend who goes into business, and he calls you up and he says, listen, now I'm going to a great new business venture, it's, I think it's going to be very profitable, would you like to invest with me? How much of your money are you prepared to invest? It's a question of reliance. If I trust this person is an expert, he knows what he's doing, I'm completely confident he'll be successful, so I'll give him all my money. But I think, listen, he's a beginner, you know, he's a friend, but I don't really think he knows what he's doing yet. Okay, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to rely on him a little bit. I'm willing to invest some of what I have with him. I'm definitely not going to risk everything. If my friend just graduated flying school, and he says, listen, I'm a licensed pilot, do you want to come with me for a, for a ride? And I'm ready to step into the plane with him? Depends how much I rely on him. And therefore the question of how much are you prepared to, so to speak, rely on something can have different levels. So there's a Muna, which is a lion's, there's a Muna Shlema, which is our life completely. And therefore, what Rakhash Baruch wants from us isn't just the fact that we know he exists, that's something which we can prove, it's not hard to prove. What Rakhash Baruch wants is the fact that we come to a Muna, which means now that we know that Hashem is in charge, now that we know that he exists and is running the world, how much are you prepared to rely on him? How much are you prepared to rely on him? That's the question of a Muna. Therefore, we say, Munashlema means Hakadosh Baruch Hu, I'm willing to rely on you completely. That's just the background. Let's get to the point. There's a Zaya. This is the only time that the Ktsay Sakhoshin ever quotes a Zaya. And he quotes a Zaya. It says the following. Who quotes it? Ktsay which is a Lacha Sefer. But this, what's this Zaya he brings? And the Zaya says the following, and if the only thing saying out of this Shia is this Zaya, it's worth listening to. Listen to what the Zaya says. The Zara says that when a person goes to sleep at night, so we know that when a person is asleep, he is not in a conscious state. A certain part of his nefesh leaves his body when he's sleeping. So says the Zara, if before a person goes to sleep at night, he consciously thinks, HaKadosh Baruch I'm giving you my nefesh to look after. I'm entrusting it to you. So I'm making you a shamer, so to speak. Baal uh, Pikodon. Someone who's looking after something for me. And I'm relying on you to give it back to me. 
just like if I wanted to, I wanted to find a shomer, somebody to watch something of mine, something to guard something of mine, and uh, I hope will look after it and eventually return it to me. I'm looking for somebody reliable, someone I rely on that won't steal it, that won't forget about it, that won't be pushed misuse it. It's the same thing. When a person goes to sleep at night, he says, Hashem, my nisham, I'm giving it to you as a pikodin. I'm giving you my nisham to look after for me. And I'm relying on you to give it back to me in the morning. Says Isaiah. A person who thinks like that before they go to sleep is guaranteed he won't die in his sleep. Muftakhla. He's guaranteed he won't die in his sleep. He'll wake up the next morning. Even if he deserves to die. Even if Alpidin Shemayim, the person's Chayv Mesa, Hashem won't kill him in his sleep. Why? Because if a person's relying on Hashem, this is the Yisait, Hashem never lets down a person who relies on him. So if a person's relying on HaKadosh Baruch Hu to wake him up in the morning, guaranteed he'll wake up. And that's why the, the, the Bavri doesn't say it in as clear terms, but the Gemara also says in Baruch and Dathiyam Aleph, that the one Pasuk a person should say before he goes to sleep at night, is the Pasuk, for these Hashem What does the Pasuk mean? We're saying to Hashem, in your hand Hashem, I'm entrusting my Neshama. I'm giving it to you. In your hands, I'm relying on you. For these stories, you're going to save me. Because you're a Kel Emes. Hashem, I can have truth, I truly believe in you, rely on you. And Yimela, I'm giving you my Neshama to after at night. And I'm relying on you to wake me up. And if a person has that Mashav when they go to sleep, the Zohar says, he's even if he's Chayav Mesa, Hashem won't kill him in his sleep. And that's why when you wake up in the morning, the Nusach what you meant to say is, Shechazar to be Nishmosi. You gave me back my Neshama, Rabbo Emun Nosecho. The Emun in you was justified. I could trust you, Hashem. You kept up their trust. Why the Ktais HaKhoshim brings us? The Ktais is talking about the Halacha. Let's say Ruben leaves his watch by me to look after him. Now, Ruben really owes me money. Ruben really owes me money. And he's not, he doesn't want to pay back his debt. So I think, great, this is the easy way to get the money he owes me. I'll just keep the watch. And then it's worth the amount that he owes me anyway, so why can't I just keep his watch? So the Ktois says that a person can't do that. Why? And he brings us there. And he says, because the concept of Imuna is trust. You can't let down trust. Just like a Kodesh Baruch doesn't do that. If we trust him for something, he won't let us down. Same thing, a person has to keep that level of trust also. If someone relies on you to do something for them, they gave you something of theirs to keep, relying on you that you're going to be honest and give it back to them. So even if you have tainas on them, and even if you, you, you have the right to want to get from them too, you don't let them trust. Even if the person is in pain? Right. Stuck in the basin. You can do other things. You can't let them trust. That's the side of Imunah. Emunah is trust, and it's two, there's two sides to Emunah. From our point of view, the fact that we, we rely on Hashem, the fact that we rely on Hashem means because we know we can trust Him. And from His point of view, Hashem is the second possible we brought, Ekel Emunah. Hashem is a, a God who's trustworthy, which means He'll never let us down. He'll never let us down. He'll never let down their trust. So there can't be a situation where a person can completely trust in Hashem for something, and it won't happen. Because if the, that itself is a reason, that itself is a reason for Hashem to, to, so to speak, to fulfill what they want, because Hashem doesn't let down trust. Now, that doesn't mean that a person is, oh, I trust Hashem is going to give me anything I want and I'll get it, because that's not real trust. That's something that's wishful thinking. 
when it gets to the stage where a person really has betachin, really has emunah, he relies on Hakadosh Baruch for something, then yes, Hakadosh Baruch will give it to him. This is the background of the famous story of the Nefesh Achaim. And if a person's in danger, and he says, Hakadosh Baruch I'm relying on you to protect me. No one can harm me if you're looking after me. I'm relying on you, Hashem. Then he's guaranteed he won't be harmed. Nefesh Achaim says there's a school and if law, he guarantee you're in a dangerous situation, and you have that that kavanah in mind. I'm relying on your Kodesh Baruch to look after me. So then, if it's emes bitachon, if a person's really relying on the Kodesh Baruch he's guaranteed he won't be harmed. There's a famous story of the Briskarov. Briskarov was at the beginning of the Second World War. He was trapped in the Warsaw Ghetto, and the Briskarov came to the Maskana that it's pikuach nefesh to be in the Ghetto. He has to get out. So he told his oldest son, Rabbi Yashaber, we have to, halachas, you can't stay, it's because you have to leave the ghetto. So Rabbi Yashaber said, that's very nice, but how exactly do we leave the ghetto? It, it was garment, with, you know, with guards, with machine guns and dogs, how are you going to leave the ghetto? So the Briscoe said, you're going to w- spend a few days focusing on this, on working on the Amunah, the Ainul Milvado, nothing can harm us if Hashem is protecting us, and we're going to leave the ghetto. And that's exactly what they did. They didn't climb the gates. They didn't tunnel under the fence. They walked out the main the main entrance to the ghetto. The German guards were there. The German guards didn't notice them. And now what are you going to do in German-occupied Warsaw? They got on the train to the Russian border. A train full of German soldiers. And they were sitting in the seats. And the Briskov had complete kavana the whole time. And it wasn't, it was completely focused. Hashem, rely on you. Nothing can harm me. And they disembarked by the Russian border, the Germans didn't notice them. And that's how the, the Briscoe survived the war. I can tell you, so Zadar Gadarim, the Bells of Rebbe, did exactly the same thing. He was in a train also, trying to escape Nazi Germany. He was the second most wanted man in Europe. The first was the Gary Rebbe, and the second one that they looking for, the Nazi looking for, was the Bells of Rebbe. They started, he was on a train on the Greek border, it was before the Nazis overtook Greece, that was the beginning of the war. And they were looking for him. They stopped the train, and they were going. The Nazis were going person by person, uh, look, looking to see who, who every person was on the train. If it wasn't on their list of people they wanted, the Bells Rebbe was there. His Gabayim said that he was going on. I put his head down and thought, like Kavana, workman, Ender Milvadi, Hashem, I'm relying on you. Nothing can harm me from relying on you. And the Nazis went person by person up and down the carriages. And for some reason, they missed his, his, missed his bench, just went to the next bench, and continued at the end of the train. Didn't talk to him, didn't notice him, didn't uh, ask him to identify himself, and he, that's how he survived the war. So, the Yisrael. The Yisrael of Emunah is, Hashem doesn't let down Emunah. And the more person, it's not that I know, but it's a, uh, uh, it's a concept of I trust, I'm relying. And when I'm, I get to that stage where Hashem, I'm completely reliant on you. I'm completely reliant on you, that's what we call them. That's what we call the Yisrael of Emunah. Now, a Maimin isn't someone who knows that Hashem is in charge. A Naimin is a person who lives with that. And the more that a person lives with that, which means the more a person relies on Kaddish Baruch that's what we talk about Emunah Shleimah. But there's a second part to this also. There's a second part to this also. And that is, and this is the Midah. The Midah of Emunah. And that is, that's the Ktos we're speaking about, and that's what I want to talk about now. And that is, just like we expect HaKadosh Baruch to be reliable, that's why we rely on Him. That's why we rely on Him. So that middle applies to a person too. A person can also be a Naaman. 
A person can also be somebody who's reliable. And now I'm bringing you to, I want to show you a tremendous, tremendous idea. And that is, of course we do mitzvahs. And of course we get reward for the mitzvahs we do. But there's a value in Hashem's eyes to a person who's an Ammon. A value in Hashem's eyes to a person who he can trust. Let's say there were only 10 Jews in the town. And we want to make a million. So it doesn't help the fact that most times guys show up for tacos. If you want this million to work, it means everyone has to be reliable. It means you have to know that we can rely on based on ourselves, build on the fact that you're going to be here every day. That's what's going to make the million. And the fact is, no, I try and generally I'm there, you know, when it's, uh, I make an effort, it doesn't help. So I can't cover for the times you come, but we can't rely on you for, unless you're actually there always. And there's a certain concept in our Avodah Hashem also. This might be new to us, but there's a value to Avodah Hashem which Hashem can rely on the person for. There's a value to a level which Hashem doesn't just, you know, see the person tries and generally is good at. No, Hashem can rely on him for. You're an airman. And therefore Hashem can rely on you. You will always be doing this. You will always be holding by this point. Then Hashem relies on the person. What's the value of being an airman? So I want to share with you one of the most profound, meaningful chazals I've ever seen. It's a Midrash and Shirash here. And it says like this. Uh, the Pasuk first, the Pasuk says, we have a little sister. Would they be speaking? What should we do with our sister? And the response is in the next pasuk: If our sister is a wall, we'll build on her a palace of silver. If she's a door, then you have to find a beam to bolt the door. So if our sister is a wall, we can build in her a palace of silver. If our sister is a door, we have to first block her with a beam of, of cedar wood. And the response, what does the little sister say? I'm a wall. What's it referring to? Says the Midrash. On the day that Avraham Avinu stood up for Hashem and confronted Nimrod and was thrown into the furnace, of our casting. So it caused a tremendous upheaval in Shemaim. And the Malachim came to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And they said, Hashem, We have a sister in the world. Until now, the Malachim served Hashem, the world were Rishayim. And now there's somebody who's willing to get thrown into a furnace called Shemaim. We have a, we have a partner. We have somebody like a, who's working with us in the world. So now that, now that we have to, now that Avram, uh, has shown loyalty to Hashem. He's willing to be thrown into a furnace. So Hashem, what are you going to do with Avram? So what's Hashem's response? Hashem says it depends. It's true, Avram did a heroic act. Avram was Makad Hashem Shemayim by being willing to be thrown into the fire. But that's not what we're looking for. What I want to see is how steadfast is Avram? What's the difference between a wall and a door? You can't walk through a wall. You can't walk through a door. But the answer is, the wall doesn't move. A door can open and close. If I want to build a building, I can't build it on a door. Because someone opens a door, everything collapses. If I want to build a building, I have to use, I need a solid wall as a foundation. And Hashem says to Malachim, Avram did a tremendous act, it's true. That's not enough to work with. What we need to see is, is Avram steadfast. 
Because if he's like a wall, if he's steadfast, he doesn't budge, he's always going to be reliable, then I'll build the entire clients from Avram Avinu. Nivna le Atiri Avram will become the foundation of the entire Jewish people. But if Avram's a door, today he's tremendous and he does amazing things, and tomorrow he's not going to be like that, then there's nothing you can do with him. You can't build on somebody who's not reliable. Then first you have to find a way to bolt him in place, that he doesn't move, before you can build anything. And Avram's response, Ani Hashem, I'm a wall. I'm not, I'm, I'll never change. I'll never change. And he didn't. That's what the Pasuk says is the greatest praise of Abraham. Umatzah says, Levavai Naaman. He found his heart to be Naaman. Reliable. It wasn't just that there were times he did great things and he did, achieved a lot. Reliable. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could trust Abraham. Just like a person can have, has a moon in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's a concept of Hashem having a moon in a person. Trusting a person. I can rely on you to do something. And Hashem could rely on Avram to be a Naaman. And because of that, Hashem is willing to build everything on Avram Avinu. There was a second person also that that was the praise. There were three. That Hashem calls him Naamanim. The first is Avram. The second is Moshe. He's completely trustworthy and that's why Hashem gave the Torah through Moshe. Somebody could trust. And the third person was David. The Naaman who and that's why Hashem built Mashiach on David HaMelech. If Hashem wants to build a per- on a person, He needs that person to be reliable. Schar, reward, any good act a person does, any good thought a person has gets reward. But to build on the person, whether it's to build Klai Yisrael, whether it's to build the Torah, whether it's to build the Malchus, Hashem needs somebody who He trusts. It's not going to change. A person can, have, a, a person can be a Nehmon to Hashem. A person can be reliable to Hashem, then Hashem works with him. If you can prove you're reliable, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, will use you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will build on you. That same concept. Just like a person has to have a in Hashem, because Hashem is reliable. And the more we, can, we, the more we are relying on Him, the more we'll see that. That's our Yemona. But there's also a Ma'ila in being reliable. Now, let me show you a phenomenal point in the Gemara. Of course, there's being reliable on the level of a Moshe Rabbeinu, which is in every single point. Most people aren't holding by that. We can tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu we are reliable in everything. We will never ever in any way let you down. Halavai. Halavai. It's a darga maybe. One day. But, the Bani Musa said always, a person should look for one thing that they are reliable about. At least. One area. That at least in that, Hashem, that you can trust me for. There's never been a day I haven't put on tefillin. There's never been a day I didn't wash Nagavas in the morning. There's never ever been a day I missed my Krishna. Whatever it's going to be, I'm reliable. Hashem, you can trust me for that. Because if the areas where a person is reliable, Hashem can build on that. If a person does well normally, but you know when things get rough, he gives in or doesn't doesn't manage, it's good. You'll get reward of what you do. But that's not being reliable. A can't build on that. If you want to build on something, you have to make sure it's reliable. You need a wall. Even if the door hardly ever gets opened. But the fact that it can be opened means that everything I'm building can come crashing down. Says the Gemara, if a person's koveya makam the a person has a makam kover every single day. That's where he davens. He doesn't miss. On Fridays, on Shabbos, on Pesachim, he has a koveya makam the Then there's an element of being reliable. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is expecting him, and the Gemara says that. The Gemara says, if he's not Hashem, if he's not there, then there's a time on you. What happened to you? Hashem was expecting you to be here. But if a person does do that, he's Kaveya Mokam, and he lives up to that commitment. He's reliable, 
So the Gemara says, Elekei Avram Be'ezra. The God of Avram is an unusual term for Hashem. No, because that was the middle of Avram. The middle of Avram was, he was reliable. That's why Hashem worked with him. And if a person is going to prove that they're also reliable, whatever commitment it is, they never let it down. They're there for always. So then they have that middle of Elekei Avram. The Akadosh Baruch is there to help them. If, he, if Hashem sees the person is reliable, then Hashem relies on the person and is prepared to build on him. That's the second part of the middle of being a Neman. The middle of, number one, having a Muna, because Hashem is always reliable. You'll never let us down. If a person has a Muna in him. And the second part is in becoming a Neman yourself. That HaKadosh Baruch can rely on you. And now let's talk about Hanukkah. I'm going to finish with this. We're holding today on the first night of Hanukkah. Let me ask you a question. Let's transport yourself back in time to imagine you were living at the time of the Yashanayim or the time of the Hanukkah story. And of course, the first night of Hanukkah, which was a tremendous thing, after years of the persecution, after years that the Basimajish had been in opera, out of operation, no, the Kohenim come back, relying on the Menorah. You can be sure the whole population line was there to watch. Oh, it's a big event, relying on the Menorah again. And I'm sure it was accompanied with Halal, with song, whatever. Hashem, again tonight the Menorah. Now imagine you wake up first morning Hanukkah in ancient Yerushalayim. You look up and you see the Menorah still lit. Wow, what's going on? How come the Menorah is still burning? It was the talk of the town. The menorah should have gone out already. There's only one night's oil. And the whole day, everyone's looking, and the menorah is still lit. And comes the second night of Hanukkah, and everyone looks, and they see the menorah is still lit. And I wake up the second morning, and of course, the first thing everyone knows is I open the eyes, they look up, and they see the menorah is still there. This is a nest. This is a miracle. Why is the menorah still burning? By now, it should have gone out. Okay, it's a nest. But now, it's the third day. And the menorah is still lit. The first day, the menorah is still lit. What do you think people were think was were thinking was happening? The people at the time, what were they thinking? Why is the menorah still burning? Why? Obviously, people understood themselves that the reason the menorah is still burning is because there's no other oil. They also knew that. And if that's the case, Sashem wants the menorah to burn. Why? Because we don't have any other oil. So, of course, the same oil has to keep burning. So now we have to work to the fifth day of Hanukkah. And the menorah is still burning. And it's a nest. And now let's say you're going to go around the inhabitants of Old Yerushalayim. Of course, that's the talk of the day. The menorah is still burning. So, is this a miracle? 100% it's a miracle. Is there any explanation why the menorah will still be burning? Five days later? No explanation. Now here's the crucial question. Do you think the menorah will still be burning tomorrow? On the sixth day? What did I tell you? Yes. But why? It's a miracle. It doesn't make sense. That's true. But there's a reason for the miracle. And if the reason for the miracle is because we don't have any oil to burn in place of it, so tomorrow we won't have oil either. They have to wait to the eighth day to get the oil. So therefore, yes, it's a miracle. But at the same time, yes, we're expecting the miracle to continue. Why? Because if we understood correctly that the point of this miracle is that as long as we don't have oil to burn, the nest is going to carry on, so then there would be no point in the nest if it would stop tomorrow. What would be the point of that? 
They burn for five days and then stop when you don't have no oil. For three, well, so what are the what is the nays for? We, and we can already understand the point of the nays is because until we're going to get more oil, this nays, the nays, the nays is going to burn. And therefore, yes, it's a miracle, and we can't explain it, but we can have a winner. We can be guaranteed this nays is carrying on. We can be confident about that, because otherwise there'll be no point in the nays. When we light them there every night, we sing the Ma'az Tzur. If you've noticed, the Ma'az Tzur isn't specifically about Hanukkah. It's just one stanza. It talks about from the beginning of Mitzrayim until the end of the Gula Aseda. Why? Because the miracle of the Menorah tells us the story of Klai Yisrael. The fact that we still survive today, does it make sense? After so many empires have tried to destroy us. No, it's a miracle. There's no explanation that anyone can give for Jewish survival. It's a nest. Okay, so if it's an S, do we think Klai Yisrael is still going to be around in 100 years' time? Yes, we do. Why? It's an S. And the answer is, exactly the same point. If Hashem is showing us this Nes, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu has made the Jewish people survive, why? To stop in the year 2050, what would be the point of that? So what was the point of the Nes? what we understand. The reason is because Hashem wants us to be until the time of Mashiach. And if that's the case, yes, it's an S, but we can be guaranteed that Nes is carrying on. That's the miracle of Hanukkah. And Nase, at the same time, we understand, we guarantee that Nase is carrying on. That's the Muna. We can be reliant on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If it takes a Nase, it doesn't make a difference. We can be reliant on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Nase will continue. Just like the Nair, the Nair kept burning until the eighth day, but we knew that it was going to happen. Klai will continue until Mashiach. It's a Nase, but we get relying on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We know that the Nase will happen, because otherwise there would be no point in it. If HaKadosh Baruch is keeping them in Naira burning until the new oil, so the same token, HaKadosh Baruch is keeping Klai Yisrael until Mashiach. And therefore we can, continue, we can sing on Hanukkah about the, the kates, which HaKadosh Baruch will be Hakim Lano Rebim Shiva. Hashem will bring back the Mashiach because we guarantee this nation is going to carry on also. Yeah, the Emunah the of the future is part of our Emunah too. It's part of that same idea. And that is that we can be guaranteed, we can rely on HaKadosh Baruch it's going to happen. But, and this is the point I'm going to finish with, at the same time, what's HaKadosh Baruch Hu looking for in the Klai Yisrael that He wants to redeem? Not just people, not just people that do mitzvahs, even though that's incredible. Tariq ben On the one hand, He wants people of Imana, but on the other hand, He wants people who Neimonim. Einai ben Neimonai Oretz. My eyes look to the Neimani Oretz, the people who are reliable. When the people that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can rely on, those are people that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can build on. And that's what the, the Pasuk says. When it talks about the Gola, open the gates. The guy who can keep Imunah, who's reliable, those are the ones who are going to get saved.